Sports listeners, this is your host, Erica Salter, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. It's a whole hour of Santa Barbara teen athletes and all those people and businesses that support those teen athletes. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my goodness. Where else in the world would you want to be outside of Santa Barbara, California, anywhere really in California? We are so blessed. We have such a full boat of co-hosts today. Everybody at the last minute decided to join in. But what I wanted to do before I even introduce the co-host, we've got an exciting guest today. And he's actually on the seas in Santa Barbara. This young man, Connor Street, Bishop uh, student, is uh, he's just a profound beautiful soul i've watched him grow up i've watched him play sports he's a great athlete comes from a wonderful beautiful great family has an older brother that also graduated from uh santa barbara and i want you to hear from him one of our wonderful esteemed teen athletes here in santa barbara connor street what are you what are you doing connor talk to me I'm out fishing right now currently. Um, it's a great day today. And uh, I got my own little business started, 805 Seafood. You can follow it on Instagram or Facebook. And um, I catch and sell fresh fish, rockfish, occasionally halibut and whitefish. And I bring it to the, and I sell it to the community for good prices and fresh fish. Now, listen, you know, your mom, mom to mom, I love you. I love your parents. You know that. They're just diehard cardinals through and through. But you told me I don't want to give the numbers. I want you to give the numbers. So let's let's go up to the beginning. And I know some of my co-hosts also, they'll introduce themselves. They're going to have questions for you as well. They'll text me. Um, how did this how did this come about? I know your dad's a fisherman, so it's in the blood. But so did this come through the whole COVID experience where you say, I can't wear a mask, I need to breathe. I mean, how did this take place? Um, so I told myself I wanted to start a business over spring break and I wanted to um, get going and start a fishing business and bring local fresh fish to the community. And then COVID happened and I was out of school and doing online Zooms and I realized, well, I have more, a little more time on my hands, so maybe I'll just start it sooner than spring break. And I started it, and it's perfect. It's been perfect, and I've um, been bringing fit, catching fresh fish every time I've gone out, and I've brought it all in and sold out to everyone. So it's just nice that every, it's also a fast way for people to get fresh food. We're not waiting in lines at um, grocery stores. There's no line where I sell my fish. So it's a nice. nice way for people to get out of the house, too. Okay, well, we have another Bishop alum, parent, you know, kids through school. You might know who she is. You probably do. Lori Cortez. Lori Cortez, you have a question. Hi, Connor. That's a wonderful thing that you're doing for the community, I think. Um, I'm sure many people are, are very grateful for it. And what a creative idea that you had to really help out during this time, a time of need. That, that, sh that shows a lot about your character. That's really a great thing. Yes, and I, I'm super thankful for everyone in the community community supporting not only my my business, but there's a lot of other uh, fishing businesses that are selling straight from the, off their boat, so it's fresh and it's just nice to see everyone supporting. Yeah, listen, do you deliver to Montecito? Because we have Ava Burford on the line, and you know her mom does all the foraging. So, Ava, do you like fish? Oh my God! If you could describe our, what our family eats, it's solely a pescatarian diet. Um, I was w curious, what type of fish are you guys catching right now, and how much do you sell per day? Because 
I swear my family will buy it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I am. I currently fish um, for rockfish and whitefish mainly. Occasionally uh-huh. halibut, but lately I've been selling uh, rockfish. I sell rockfish for five dollars a pound, the whole fish, and. Um, I've been getting anywhere from 50 to 100 pounds each time I go out, and I just sell straight to the community. And I do deliveries for uh, an extra 7 to $10 fee, depending where you are located. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, that is really good to know. And now if you want it, if somebody doesn't, or it doesn't have nice skills, you know, like me, okay, because I was the official fish cleaner when I grew up, because we had the Long Island Sound. Um, do you, will you trim it and you'll make fillets out of it? So I, I'm actually, I don't have the permits to fillet it, but I will, um, dill and gut it for the customer if they'd like. And you can just throw that whole fish on the barbecue as it's dill gutted and scaled and it's ready to be cooked right as you buy it from me. If you'd like it to be dill gutting scaled, I could do it too. Aw, it just never ends. The love, Dominique Hackett loves fish. So what do you say? That is so wonderful. Tell me, how are people contacting you? Are, are do we go through Facebook or do you give out your telephone number? So I post um, every day on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, that every day that I go out, I post the night before and say, tell everyone to stay tuned. My Instagram and Facebook is eight hundred five seafood. That's the name of it. And um, people just buy direct message me through there or text message and tell me what, how many pounds they'd like, and I try to put it aside if I have it. Genius. And hey, you know something? Who came up with that name? You, your mom, your brother? Because it's genius. Um, it's actually funny. My brother made um, the logo for me, and my mom came up with the name, and I just do the fishing. And I also, I also sell T-shirts, sweatshirts, and hats on my um, Instagram page. You can direct message through there, Instagram and Facebook, direct, me- direct message through there. So oh, either so way, like, how about- I got it all right there. How about every hundred pounds one person buys that gets a hat? You know, I always have to have something free. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm working on I'm working on little deals here and there. I'm coming. Out, I'm yeah. going to make some stickers too, so I'm going to throw stickers in there. So I'm just working Aww. on stuff to help, to help out, and it's another way for me to be out on the ocean and have fun too. Yeah, you know, I get my pizza from New York, I, and it's nice because of Amazon. It, they made it yesterday because, you know, New York pizza. I mean, talk to me, right? And then the other day, I don't know, I must have bought so many pizzas. They brought, they came out, and I got an apron. And I love that apron. <laughs> I will not not buy this pizza now. I mean, they hooked me for life because I didn't expect it. And it was just in a box. And oh my God, I wear it when somebody comes to the door. <laughs> so weird. Because, you That's know, funny. not leaving. Oh, it was awesome. Well, listen, God bless you, Connor. You are an inspiration. Okay. I've always, I passed the torch to teen athletes from all walks. Ava Burford was a graduate teen athlete, cheerleader, volleyball player, teen star, everything. And you are so, so motivating right now. God bless you and happy fishing. Catch it, baby. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy your day. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, I want to, how about, let's do a, maybe a weekly thing if you want or monthly, whatever you need for us to support you. We're there for you, my love. Uh, all right, I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, you take care. Happy, happy all right, fishing. You too. All right, bye. Now, how exciting was that? 
I mean, this kid, you know, varsity athlete, uh, basketball, baseball, volleyball. I mean, this was so inspiring. What a way to start the show today. What do you, what say you? Christine, Marie. Uh, yes, that was incredibly inspiring. Um, and I actually, I was going to ask him if he had any plans or thoughts for the future, but. Well, I'm sure this business created, organic <laughs> yeah, created organically, I'm sure. And his dad's a fisherman. So there you go. Um, and plus he's a Leo. I think his birthday is August 2nd. Oh, so, yes. Shining star for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So anyway, Ed, I'm sorry I couldn't get you in there. But um, what I want to do real fast, I, I think we have a couple of minutes is, you know, the social workers in our community, I was thinking about this the other day, last week. And I don't know, there's a lot of people, there's two things I wanted to bring up. One is one of the essential workers that I personally bumped into this week, um, a girl, a teen, she's probably a teenager, early 20s. Um, her name was Asia. She's at the Mesa Vons. And I tell you, I don't, they have, uh, you know, limits now on what you can purchase, like two steaks, two pork, two chicken. And it's funny, there was five of us. So we have a lot of people in the house. So I'm thinking if I buy two and then Dominique's mother buy two, that'd be four. Then I says, well, it's okay. I'll, eat, I'll just eat a hamburger. <laughs> I don't have to have steak. So anyway, so she, anyway, she, she made it happen to make it, you know, to, to listen to our conversations in the grocery store, you know, wearing the masks and all of the kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure it was comedy, but she opened up a separate line for me. And, you know, she's really sweet to uh, Dominique's mom, Vera, who plays the Monopoly game. And I just got to reach out and say, Asia, you're, you're a rock star at Vons. And there's a lot of them out there, but if anybody else wants to share another quick little story, um, they can, I don't know. Uh, all right. Guess what? We're just going to have to save it for the next section. Okay. <laughs> so let's take a little break. It's Erica Salda, the queen of team. We'll be back with more after these messages. This is a Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. We are back. Okie dokie. What I wanted to do is uh, continue with the essential worker story. So let's go to uh, Christine Marie. She's got a funny one, actually. And then how about Lori? And uh, if anybody else, just text me. Christine. Hi, this is Christine Marie. Um, I actually have a cautionary tale and an apology because oh. <laughs> I was going down with, with a, a you know essential worker. I was um, I was going to mail some cards um, to the and put them in the mail, and uh, I was so excited because my postal worker was down at the mailbox. I had to run to my car get stamps. So I said to him, I'm going to go. I've got two letters for you. I'm going to go get my stamps and come back. So I stamped the cards. And I walked up to him and I said, here. And he was like, he must not have heard me. So he was very surprised. And I was too close to him because I had been in my house for two days alone and not and forgotten that I'm supposed to stay six feet away. 
So he was really like, whoa, give me some space. Hold up. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, no. So I just <laughs> lost my letters and ran up my stairs and hid in my little house back in my apartment. So my cautionary tale is to say, even if you're really happy to see your postal worker, stay six feet away. <laughs> and that's that. That's a good one, though, seriously, because you really you don't you don't pay attention to somebody else's five. You know, we're just trying to all get through it the best way we individually can, whether you lock yourself in, get in your own food, sanitize it. That's great. I mean, I don't there's no judgment here on how we all have to process this information. That's that's always been my thing through and through, whether you think it's a zero or a ten. That's beautiful because we have to respect it we've sec- i think that's what the biggest thing yeah. is about here is what's going on right now is respect dominique you have one my essential story is um i actually have three children that work for well, actually four children that work for construction companies and construction especially on our freeways has been considered essential So they're all out participating in helping take care of California's freeways. So I really appreciate everyone who's out there doing essential work that's helping to support our community. My heart just goes out to them. I really, really appreciate them. Nice. Ava Burford has one and then Lori Cortez. I just wanted to say um, that just... um, kind of branch off of that that it's like so incredible all these essential workers and they really deserve a huge round of applause but i also wanted to point out all the non-essential people um or i guess essential in different ways who are going to the store and providing food for the elderly i know my grandparents aren't old but my mom has been doing that for my grandparents and some other people in our community and they're always super happy and we've gotten to a trade now of you get groceries and we get a banana cream pie so thank you grandma Uh, thank you everyone in the community for helping out the elderly because they are the ones that need need, they are one of the many subgroups that need to be protected right now so thank you so much well i got to reach out to your grandparents as well because you are you know i don't have favorites winky winky but i have a few people that i really just have been blown away from the moment that I met you. And you're in that category, Amber, because I know you are going to make the world a better place. And it makes me feel so good and privileged to be able to know you. And you know, I mean that it's just, you're just amazing and your family is amazing. And so I'd like to just say that because grandparents like to hear that stuff. Okay. They just do. <laughs> Thanks, Erica. The yeah. Well, you're awesome. Very, very mutual. <laughs> okay. So uh, we're going to go Lori and then Ed Langlow. Yes, well, I just want to do a little bit of a, a takeoff on on Ava's. Um, some students in Santa Barbara have been doing a wonderful thing. It's called Zoomers to Boomers, and a lot of the students that I work with have been doing this. So high school high school age students are going and grocery shopping for senior citizens, and you know, bringing them their food. And I've heard so many great stories from people who have just been so appreciative of these of these kids willing to go out and, and, you know, risk themselves a bit uh, to better their community. And I just think it's a wonderful thing to do. Um, you know, some people are housebound. They can't, older people can't get out at all. And the, what I, from what I've heard, they're just very appreciative. And, and the kids that deliver, at least the students that I work with that deliver it, say they just feel so good because uh, the people are so appreciative, you know, nice. having 
somebody reach out to them and help them. So I think that's wonderful. And I want to just one other story that I think is I'll make it quick. But um, our family was planning a, a Europe trip. We're supposed to be there right now, actually. And so we had to we had to cancel. And I was having a little bit of a difficult time with getting refund from one of the tickets. And a person from Orbitz actually spent two hours with me working with an airline to get a, to get a refund for me. And he just really went above and beyond because you know how most of the time you get passed off to other people and sent back and forth. And he was, and you know, he really went out of his way to do that. And I thought in this time, you know, when everybody's struggling, companies are struggling, just like, just like people are that for somebody to take their time. and, And I know that they have a minimum amount of people that they have to help every hour. And so for, for a person like that to do something really, I thought that was very special and very kind. And I think during this time, especially kindness is needed. And if we can just all extend that extra kindness to each other, we'll, we'll get through it in a much easier fashion. Nice. Very well put, Lori. Well, I didn't expect anything less from you, Lori. How about we'll go Ed Langlo, and then we've got Richard Elliott. So I think the, some of the people that are suffering the impact of this is a restaurant business. And we try to support Harry's Plaza because they've taken care of us with the alumni club and and allowed us to have our meetings there through some pretty difficult times. So uh, last Tuesday was Taco Tuesday. We went to Harry's and as I was walking up to the front door, (laughs) as I was walking up to the front door, um, here comes one of the managers with a face mask on, passes me on the sidewalk on his way out to a parked car to deliver a meal. There was an elderly couple in the handicap zone. He delivers a meal, comes running back in the in the restaurant. And I go in there and there are a couple of waitresses and everybody's a little bit out of their out of their wheelhouse. They're not doing the jobs they normally do. The manager is trying to deliver meals and and so on. So I just like to give a shout out to to David at Harry's Plaza and all the people that are working there trying to keep that business open and take care of us uh, doing takeout food. That's it. Nice. (laughs) Well, I know, I know I have friends that love Harry's drinks and I think they have to go drinks even. I'm not a drinker, but when I heard that, I thought that was a genius business. I don't know. It didn't seem like we tried to order iced tea and they said, no, we're not, we're not serving iced tea. So I had to assume. Okay. I don't know. I doubt, I doubt if you could walk out of there with a mixed drink. Uh, Well, that was fake news then. (laughs) What can I say? Could say, well, yeah, I want to go check. Um, okay, so Richard Ellsworth. Yeah. Um, I know you've, well, got, you've got a good one. You always add life and breath to any experience. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I wish I had a story of my own, but, you know, being so isolated where I live, I just don't really, I don't really get out much. Um, mm-hmm. But I was speaking with my mother on the phone the other day. And uh, she's been taking care of my grandmother, who, who's a, a hundred years old. Um, and uh, my grandmother is holed up at my aunt's house. My, my aunt is my mother's sister who lives two houses down from where my mother lives. Um, so my aunt, my sister, and my grandmother 
are all sort of holed up together in a house with my sister and my aunt taking care of my grandmother primarily and my Mm -hmm. mother living two houses down. She goes out and does all the shopping and brings everything to the front door and makes a little exchange. Um, And then if my grandmother's feeling okay and the weather's nice, which it's not always because it's pretty cold back in New England, um, but, you know, they'll, they'll bring her outside and, you know, everyone can just sort of chat and talk together. Um, and I just, you know, I just, I just think that that's, that's really nice that they have the, the opportunity to do that. And my grandmother is very set in her ways and, and very independent. So leaving um, her own home uh, was pretty difficult with her. And, and being around other people is, is pretty difficult for her. Um, but she's really making an effort to, to do that, um, you know, for the sake of her own health and my mother and my aunt's, um, you know, mental well-being so they're not worrying about it. Nice. It's, you know, it's like you said, Richard, this is difficult on everybody and the way everybody has to deal with it is exactly to, to pull out what Lori said is through love and kindness. Um, we've got another minute. Dominique, you want to add or Christine, Marie, you want to add? Um, I wanted to add uh, one of my, my best stories from the um, from what's been going on is I was at a, a, a grocery store um, and um, I had gotten to the up to the uh, they were ringing me out and then all of a sudden all these people around me came coming coming up with big pa- each had a big package of toilet paper in their cart and I was like oh, toilet paper there's toilet paper. <laughs> where's the toilet paper? And said, oh, it's back on a pallet in the back. I'm like, oh, it was the man right behind me. And he said, here, you take mine. I'm going to go get my, I'll go get another one for myself. And I was so touched at the community spirit of this person who actually did that for me so that I could just, you know, move forward and I didn't have to come back. So I was just really grateful. So what we got to do is grab names and you could say lots of love to whoever the person is, just like Asia. So if anybody wants a really wonderful experience, I would recommend the Vons on the Mesa and look for my friend Asia. Okay. (laughs) She's super nice. All right. So let's take a little break. And then when we come back, we've got uh, Lori Cortez. And then after we're going to be talking to Richard and Ed, of course, has to Round out the show with If Only I'd Known. This is Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. We'll be back with more after these messages. This is a Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. I love it when Lori joins and Lori Cortez is in the house. And she was my both of my boys' as college coach, and I'm sure she'd share that. I think John, maybe Joe, I think more John, was one of her youngest students because she paused. And she didn't understand that. I just really wanted to lock in the pricing. But uh, when it comes to eighth grade summer, because I just, John, you know how he is. He's high maintenance. Okay. It's like having a mini me. So this way it works out so much better. Oh, Dominique is trying to set something up so I don't have to hold the phone. Um, And uh, God, there's no word to describe 
Lori, how important you have been to these kids. And I so appreciate it. And, you know, you coming up with this vision of starting this business as well was just fabulous. There's so many parents, I got to say, forget the kids, the parents. So uh, what do we um, have to, moving forward during this, this time and place and space, what do kids and parents, because the whole nature of education is changing right before our eyes. What do we need to do? It is. and Well, thanks, Erica. And um, as you know, I always enjoy Joe and John both. And starting starting them at a young age is why one reason they're so successful. So, you know, you, you I think for parents to continue incorporating uh, personal responsibility and and encouraging students to achieve their goals is, is really important. As far as the call, as far as the college application process goes, a lot has not changed. So the things that the universities looked at before are still are still very important. And that means that the students earn strong grades, students take rigorous courses, students for most of the schools still try to get prepare for and take the standardized tests and you know try to earn strong great scores on that. Their resume activities are important and their college application essays and for private schools, their letters of rep. But the thing that has changed is uh, universities to see how students are productive during this COVID-19 time. So they want to see students who would originally pre-COVID. That's awesome. That's that's our dog. (laughs) Pre-COVID, they would like to see how students... um, would reach out to their community they want them to take that online they want them to reach out to their community virtually or they want them to do something like i mentioned before like the zoomers to boomers they want them to continue connecting with their community because that shows a lot about their personal character and it helps others as well the other thing that university admissions officers are going to be looking for during this time is how students were initiated academic learning outside of the classroom so, for instance, maybe taking a Coursera class, which is a free online resource a lot of very selective universities participate in and offer classes to the public. And anybody can take the courses. You don't get a grade for it, but you, you, know, you could put that on your resume and you do get credit for it. I mean, you, would, you don't receive academic credit for it, but you could still, it shows that you have initiative and that you like learning and you want to continue that. So those are two really important COVID-19 things that the universities are looking for. And I just want to dispel one rumor um, or one, I guess, maybe false assumption. So while some schools are waiving the SAT or the ACT for this year, so this is specifically for you rising juniors or rising seniors, while some of the schools are waiving that, they still say that if you earn a strong score, you should submit that to your schools because it will strengthen your application. So I know that the UCs have said that they're waiving, they are waiving the, the standardized scores. Mm-hmm. But students, who, I encourage students to still prepare and take the tests and see if they can earn a strong score because that will strengthen their UC applications. And also m- many other schools have not waived those, that requirement. So just just be aware of that, that because some people um, think that, oh, great, I, I, you know, I don't have to do that part of it now. So I have a question for you, Lori. Do you see in the future, and I know your son is involved in um, 
academia as well back east do you see in the future instead of kids and because that was the whole thing about this virus you know all the people coming out like where it's a global economy everybody's coming back and forth back and forth and the kids are resistant to anything we all know that so could i be in beijing in 2022 and get a degree from harvard so i think what now what's happening is the universities as well as the the all the schools are coming up with different scenarios so you know they're coming up with an optimal scenario which would be everything goes back to normal in the fall Mm-hmm. People back on campus, dorms, dorm rooms are filled, everything is as it was. That's optimal, but I don't know that it's likely. The second scenario they're coming up with, maybe maybe they had one per dorm room, half of, half of the amount of kids in class one day, the other half in class the second day to maintain social distance. And another scenario is, and then we sub, and maybe they supplement that with remote learning, so it's mm-hmm. kind of half of and then the other scenario is, you know, remote learning. So I can't say that that, I don't know. I wish I had a crystal ball and I knew, but I think it, a lot of it just depends on if this continues to spread or not. Yeah, I think it's worked out actually well for you and your practice probably, but you were ahead of the curve because you were already doing online Right. Uh, consulting and everything, FaceTiming or, you know, however, Skype and Zoom and whatnot. So so you're you're not really personally that impacted, are you? No, I'm not impacted at all. You, you make a good point because I started this about um, six years ago, just doing the, the online meetings and it works out. The students really love it because they can meet me wherever they are. And right. it just works out really well, especially during this time. Right. So it hasn't changed my business model at all. So, yeah. I mean, Richard would agree because he's like, I like this right richard <laughs> yeah yes you know? and dr d as well our producer he's like people don't understand like he sometimes he feels trapped in there especially with as many people as we pack into that room so dr d you're kind of digging it aren't you yeah in a way i am i mean it's kind of nice to have the studio all to myself and not have to worry about uh you know that kind of thing. But at the same time, I, I miss the, the connectedness, the in-studio connectedness. And um, I, uh, by the way, I carry with me two things. One is, of course, a bandana in my back pocket. But uh, my wife ordered some masks that go back around the ears, you know, the, those type. And um, so I carry one of those in my pocket also so that if I do go, have to go to a store where I have to go in. And, of course, now most places are saying, you don't get in here unless you have a mask. As right. long as I have that bandana, if I forget the other one, I have the bandana. Uh, and so at least I can go in and do the things that I want. Oh, and I'll tell you a story I had at the store. Now, uh, Christine may have gone to the same store I went to, which was Smart and Final, where they, yes, they had a pallet of toilet paper. But um, I got in line, and the, the line goes around the back of the store, along the, the water, and then the liquor department, and then you go to the checkout stand. And I was standing back in the back with two bags of organic frozen corn. And this woman with a grocery cart comes a-rolling in the opposite direction of the line and gets in front of me. And I said, excuse me, keeping a smile on my face, because I knew this wasn't a big deal. One person in front of me, so what? But she's got a lot of stuff she, in her cart. She, she can't see your smile, but that's okay. Apparently. <laughs> and I said, I said, uh, excuse me, but uh, this is the line, and the line starts back there. 
And she said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And she apologized and everything went to the back of the line. And everything was fine. And, and we proceeded uh, to, to the checkout and so on and so forth. Then I saw her at the checkout as I'm leaving. And I waved at her, but she was so distracted she didn't see. But that's the kind of thing you have to um, almost, almost let go. I could have n- said nothing and let her stay there. But I thought, you know, she needs to be aware that she's not... She's not observant. She needs to be observing what's going on around her right. um, and and take her turn. You know, everybody's got to take their turn. So yeah. I was kind. I think I was considerate in regards to bringing that to her attention. I didn't want to ruffle anybody else's feathers. I didn't want to get into any kind of a, an right, altercation. Right, right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the one thing, the one thing good. I want to do is, yeah, the one thing I wanted to bring up as far as the mask before we close for break, who's mm-hmm. got a little bit of time left, is I do help... Um, People and some of them, as you're you're getting older, um, Dominique actually has family members that are deaf, younger uh, as well. And mm-hmm. I don't think we're really observant at how much this has impacted the hearing impaired. So we went out and uh, I Googled it. You can get them for six, seven bucks. And let's just toss and their safety grade and all that kind of good stuff. Believe me, I did all the work on it. Let's all throw those masks in the toilet. Hey, fun. No, I'm just kidding. Don't throw it in the toilet. No, no, no. Uh, throw it in the trash. <laughs> just, well, flex those masks. No, no, yeah. no, no, let's no. All wear, let's all wear face shields. Yeah. Because this way you get to see a person's vibration and you can um, yeah. really help that community. Huh. And we have a very aged community in Santa Barbara. They need to read the lips hmm. until it's taken away. It's like that guy, yeah. that woman didn't see your facial expression, D. That is true. You, know I'm saying? you are correct. So I, I, but I like I, the whole. So we, anyway, yeah. we spent 70 yeah. bucks. And I'm going to, and I just know of the people that would really appreciate it. And their full face covers, you, it's a, it's a, actually I put it on Facebook, how you can make one in under two minutes uh, with a two liter bottle. If you want to go that way for those that are crafty, uh, but you can buy them between six and seven bucks. So anyway, that's just an idea. Yeah. Well, a friend and, of mine uh, suggested uh, to me, a friend suggested a modified face shield. He said, get one of your clear plastic bags and put it over your head. Yeah, now, again, this is that. coming from a friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, don't do that. Don't I'm going to take a little break, all right? Erica, the queen of teen, we've got a lot of show after these messages. And this is a Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. We're going to get right to it. We've got Ed Langlow, if only I'd known. Good morning, everyone. We do have a segment for today. If only I'd known is a mentor's moment with the teens with us remotely, as well as those listening into the show. Today's segment, Where You Draw Your Opinion Line. I've felt for a long time that most anything you have an opinion about or you could have a debate with someone about actually has no right or wrong answer, but rather a line you've established as your position. If only I'd known when I was young that when I disagreed with someone, it wasn't that I was right and they were wrong, but that I drew the line on a different level than they did, at least on that particular day. 
By nature, I think we establish our line and then take a hard and fast position as if it were a black or white fact. There's an old adage, never argue religion or politics. That adage was born from this stubborn nature we have. And ironically, religious and political beliefs obviously vary all over the board. But don't uh, tell anybody that I said that. I'm just kidding, but... Actually, it is disturbing to think that most all wars fought on this planet were over religion or politics. So, if you don't believe what I believe, I'll kill you? Wow. Does mankind need to go sit in the corner for a while? Well, I guess that depends on where you draw the line. Understanding what an opinion is is important. The definition of the word opinion is a belief or judgment that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. So you'll never hear anyone say, my opinion is that 2 plus 2 equals 4, because that is certain. Let's say you took a thousand people from across the United States, removed their political labels, and asked them their opinion of political issues on a scale of 1 to 10, like on gun rights, from 1 no one should be allowed to have a gun, to 10. I can have a nuclear missile in my backyard if I want to. And how much power should government have? None or total. And abortion and so on. I don't think you'd wind up with 500 blue people and 500 red people, but rather a thousand different positions all over the scale. So the next time you enter into a debate with someone... Just take a deep breath and remember that your opinion rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty, and so does theirs. They just draw the line somewhere different on the scale than you do. Promise you this, the sooner you accept that things we disagree are usually not black and white, but somewhere on a scale of debate, the less conflict you'll have in your life and the better you'll accept your neighbor's beliefs. I'm Ed Langlo. I'll see you next time on If Only I Had Known. Super nice. Good job, Ed. Thank you. Nice. Very nice. Christine, you have anything to add to that or Dominique? Yeah, this is Dominique. Um, I Hi, Dominique. Always, hi, Ed. I always try to remember with opinion, the beginning of the word says it all right there. O-pine. <laughs> O-pining. Yeah. You're just You're opining. O-pining. <laughs> is is that actually the the origination of the word? I have to look up the etymology, oh, okay. but um, I, I like to remember that when I express my opinion, I am opining. Yeah, I really like that definition. I I literally quoted that verbatim from my dictionary that uh, it uh, rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. Nice. That's what your opinion rests on. All right, so let's do this. We're going to take a short one because I have a long one with Richard Ellsworth. So everybody gets to just opine on that. This is Erica Sala, the Queen of Teen. We'll be back with more after these messages.
We are back, and this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio. I am your host, Erica Salter, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. You know, closing out the show, I always try to, because a lot of times in life, you always remember the first thing or the last thing. And I'm gonna, I like leaving Richard at the end because he actually, um, since he started his videos and he started his company, he actually makes me think. And I can't say that about a lot of people. Um, and Richard, you're one of them. So I'm really looking forward to, today, to today's segment. Uh, thank you. Well, um, today I figured since everyone is, you know, pretty much, you know, trapped at home and, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot more home time overall, I figured it would be good to talk about the types of things that we can do in our homes to promote better health. Um, and, uh, you know, I came across this staggering statistic the other day that 2 million people die each year due to the adverse effects of indoor air, which is absolutely incredible and, and not in a good way, obviously. Um, so as it happens, there are a lot of things we can do to, to change that, to change our, our inner environments and, and make them ones that, that support our overall health and well-being. Um, so first of all, what I wanted to talk about that, that absolutely drives me crazy is dryer sheets. So dryer sheets contain these things called phthalates, which is spelled with, with a PTH as a nice silent P at the beginning. Um, but it causes fragrances um, that, that are, you know, from chemicals to stick to clothes and people. And these phthalates are, are endocrine disruptors, and they're particularly dangerous to babies and men. They affect male fertility and reproductive organs. So eliminating dryer sheets and fabric softeners actually cuts indoor air pollution in half, which is also incredible. So instead of doing that, you can use um, essential oils, vinegar, baking soda. Um, uh, what's that thing with the, the, um, all the, the horses on it? Um, borax, sorry, borax. Um, you know, you can be using these natural things in your laundry. And then as far as like a fabric softener in your dryer, you know, take a sock or a pair of underwear or something and put their tea towel and put about 15 to 20 drops of an essential oil on it and throw it in, throw it in with, your, with your laundry. Um, and th this will have almost the exact same effect. It can be any smell that you want. It'll be a natural smell, and you won't have those, those harmful phthalates. Um, so also with, with indoor air, one of the other things that we can be doing is focusing on having a lot of indoor plants. So there are specific indoor plants that will reduce um, a lot of the VOCs in the air, the, the volatile organic compounds. Um, and, and these are these, these chemicals that are, are really harsh and um, really harmful to our bodies. They affect our hormones and lead to different types of, of cancers um, and other chronic illnesses. Um, so some of these indoor plants we can be using are peace lily, also called Mount Aloha, um, snake plant. We can be using orchids, um, Chinese evergreens. Um, what are some of the uh, ferns? Um, there, there's Elizabeth fern, Melissa fern, Boston fern, uh, Gerber daisies, English ivy. So as a general rule of thumb, you want about one of these plants per 100 square feet of your home. So, you know, for me, I live in a small place about, you know, like 500 square feet. So I have about five plants. My favorite one is actually, um, Dracinia, which for some reason I grew up calling it ponytail plant, but it's sort of, um, it's usually taller and it, it'll, um, ha have a bunch of leaves at the top and it's, it's really pretty and it looks kind of Southwestern. Um, and then also Gerber daisies have been top rated by NASA to, to clean the air. NASA had done this, this study a while back to figure out how we could live on the, on the moon. And one of the things that they were trying, one of the challenges that they were trying to overcome is how can we possibly live in space 
um, when we can't be getting, you know, the fresh air that we get here, you know, so there would be chemicals in the air and, you know, how do we filter those out? So NASA did this huge study and tested all these different plants. Um, and Gerber daisies are one of the top ones. But the thing with flowering plants is that they clean the air a little more slowly, so you usually need more of them. So if you were to do, you know, all flowering plants, you know, you might want two per, you know, 100 square feet um, that are in your home. Um, so uh, some other things we can be doing is um, ionizing the air. So burning beeswax candles is ionizing, which cleans the air of pathogens. Um, also, according to the Journal of Ethnobotanical Medicine and also the Journal of Ethnopharmacology, Burning cedar and sage, which most people call, I guess, I guess smudging, I, I think is, is, is what people say. Um, but if you were to, to burn that in the air for approximately one hour, which I know is a really long time, but, you know, you can, you know, air out your place by opening windows and doors afterwards. Um, but it'll kill about 94% of pathogens with results lasting up to three weeks, which is incredible. Smudging is also really relaxing if your children are really amped up. Um, so uh, other than that, um, there are a lot of VOCs that, that off-gas from uh, our carpets, our rugs, our furniture. So if we can be buying these things at least four years old, um, the off-gassing will have significantly declined. And mo most furniture and carpets off-gas for four years average. So anything after that or older than that, if we can buy things like that, or if we can buy things that are all natural fibers, we'll be in much better shape. Um, also, one of the solutions to pollution is dilution. So with indoor air, we can be using air exchangers. We can be using air filters. Um, we can also, there's this thing that you can put on your, on your furnace um, that, that will have it operate um, with a speed drive to circulate air at a lower level. Um, there's also uh, air purifiers you can put on your furnace and also air exchangers, which, which will keep the outside air circulating inside. Um, these are really great things to do. Um, and then other than air quality, one of the biggest issues that people have in their homes is actually related to, to the light that we're getting. Dee, we are out uh. of time! Santa Barbara and all the essential workers out there, we see you, we feel you, we're going to get through this. Um, it's about gratitude and love. God bless all of you. See you next week! <laughs> Macarena, que tu cuerpo para la alegría y tu sabina, para tu cuerpo para la alegría, Macarena.